everything was like sort of just like building off of each other. I'm like, I'm going to do this constructive thing and like just start waking up early. Like, oh, you know, coffee's making me shit too much. How about I switch it to tea? <laughs> you just make those types of decisions over and over again. And next thing you know, like things are going crazy well. So uh, that's what happened whenever I was listening to this song. Pretty soon, next thing you know, it's tea's not making me shit enough. Back to coffee. <laughs> that's what happened, right? <laughs> We're very big proponents of a good circadian sure. rhythm and good gut health on this uh, show. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing either of those. My circadian rhythm is is thrown off right now. Same. So. <laughs> the light is terrible. Back pocket, a podcast by Jake and Dylan. Three, two, one, clap. Better. What's up? I think it works. I said good enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Let's go with Well, that. well, well. Last time we recorded, I had someone sitting directly next to me. And now, this time I'm all alone in my room. And Jake has a friendly fellow with a San Francisco Giants ball cap on. Nothing says the city. Does it say the city? <laughs> like a nice simple ball cap. Who do we have? Metaphorically, it says mm. the city. We, we, we got my boy... The beard, having, hat wearing, white tee creasing, Chuck Taylor lacing, seven string guitar playing, Dylan Bade, ladies and gentlemen. That's my name, and Dylan uh, on the on the computer screen here. I've never met you, but it must be a Dylan thing to wear to wear Chuck Taylors laced up all the way. Um, don't have them right. on now, but that's it's a classic look, man. Happy to be here and talk about some music. <laughs> I think my the line of white tee creasing, Chuck Taylor lacing. I remember hearing that in. I think it's like a, a J-Rock song, like just a random TDE artist. Okay. Well, not people know who J-Rock is now, but I think it's like some old like line from, I'm guessing something from a mixtape that I heard in some like random TDE mix on SoundCloud. But yeah, just always white T. Creason, Chuck Taylor Lason. That's one way to I like refer it. to oneself. Yeah, it's like a streetwear cowboy. Well, hipster, but I can't. I I can't say I've actually worn like Chuck Taylors in a long ass time, mm. or ever really got into them. But are Chuck Taylors only the high tops, or are those know. just Converse? I don't know the difference. It's just, yeah, it's just, just Converse interchangeably. Because like, I think if you don't have a pair of at least low tops, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I've got the low tops. There but, you go. So I'm going to ask this once again. I asked it during the pre-show chat, but I was going to spoil things. <laughs> how how do you guys know each other? So I met Jake through my roommate and my roommate was actually roommates with Jake's roommate while they studied abroad in Barcelona together. Um, I moved to San Francisco a few months ago and didn't know too many people. Jake was one of the first people I met here and yeah, went to a Giants game last, last Saturday. Uh, it was cold. The Giants lost, but I mean, it was still a sick time. So, you know, it's just, it's been a whirlwind romance pretty much this whole time. Yeah. Things are just picking up. Who knows where it'll be even at the end of this, this year recording. Closer. I hope. (laughs) So how long have you guys known each other? I don't know. We probably met pretty soon after you moved up here. Yeah. Actually, I think we met whenever I visited uh, before I moved up. Mm, so true. Almost a year, which is which is wild. Damn. Yeah. That's weird. It's longer than I've known most people in the city. I only have a, a few friends that I've known for longer and it's because they moved here from other places. So yeah, here we are. Dylan's uh... has, Jake, has Jake been a good friend to have in... In San Francisco? Terrible. Well, Jake's gone a lot like my roommate, but he is. <laughs> he is. I like the music he likes. So, you know, uh, I mean, I'm a pretty musical, musically obsessed guy. I, I guess I'd call myself musical now. Um, 
Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kind of learning to play some stuff uh, decently now. Um, but I listen to a lot of music, and so it's always cool to meet people who like who listen to a lot of the same stuff. Me, him, and friend of the show Tommy will jam sometime. I yeah. just try to keep up with them too. Have you had Tommy on the show? Tommy's been on the show. Bet. He did. Uh, what was the album? I can't um, remember. Uh, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, please do. <laughs> it was Sun Kill Moon. Sun Kill Moon. You ever listen to him? No. Um, oh, it's by Modest Mouse? Well, no. Tommy just likes oh. Modest Mouse. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Benji, Sun Kill Moon. Okay, I was reading the description. Nice, nice, nice. Definitely should check it out soon. So, Dylan, you said that you love music, and you, yet you hear you haven't heard of Sun Kill Moon. This is, this <laughs> pretty, is conflicting now. Pretty fake fan of music, I guess. Dang. Do you have to make I don't Sun know Kill what to Moon believe to, anymore. Sun Kill Moon to be a real fan? I mean, I'm afraid so. You Shoot. say you like music. I feel like you well, this is good. This is good news to me. Music. It's rare that I find something that's like it's like you know a friend that hasn't heard Inception. I feel like I'm that friend right now. So it's it's only going to be good when I when I hear this, right? So <laughs> what's making me laugh right now is also <clears throat> I was explaining this to Alex, my roommate, had some friends in town, and then they were asking about the podcast and like if they could come on, and I was like, oh, it's funny you mentioned that because for these music and friends episodes, how I envision it works because almost. Every week or every other week, Jake will just send a text. It's usually like on a weekend night and it's like, hey, I found our next guest. And I'm just imagining Jake at a bar like talking music and be like, bro, we got to get you on the podcast. <laughs> and so when you mentioned going to the going to uh, the Giants game, I'm guessing that's probably where this happened. Yeah. Dude, that's where he popped the question. That's exactly yeah. where. Yeah. I said yes. I got down on one knee. I had it, <laughs> I I had it on the pod. I had it on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on my podcast, please. I feel like that honestly is like how a lot of times how it works out. Or I just, actually, no. Yeah, I probably like 90% of the time, you know, or it's just shooting a text, which yeah. uh, hasn't, you know, as we've seen in the past, doesn't work. Doesn't always work. Yeah. Because my, my thing too is almost like sussing my own friends out or just knowing certain friends of mine just being like flaky or <laughs> or just like not really... Not that we have to agree on on music or like all the same stuff, but then just knowing that some of my friends just like, I don't know, listen to music very, very casually and wouldn't have anything that they would like truly, truly be able to discuss or talk about or like want to dive into. Yeah. So I feel like my criteria is always just like, do I know that you're really into music? Because like, like you said, I don't I don't want to bring people on who are just like casual about it like mm. not that there's anything wrong with it but like it's just not gonna lend itself to you know having much of a discussion other than like yeah uh this is a this was uh you know kendrick's album good kid mad city there's some bangers uh i really i really like swimming pools you know it's a really good song to drink too <laughs> the the only thing that would maybe save that for me is if someone then said like someone that i knew wasn't that like invested is if they were to then say like oh but this album changed my life it's like all right expand like if you're gonna if you're gonna like make a claim that bold then That's like you don't have to be like a musical whiz but if it has some sort of significant meaning then i would be curious to hear like what is it like what were you going through what but then maybe then it just turns into like a therapy session but that's what we're here for Boom. That's, here for. that's why i brought dylan on uh he was just uh, crying no. before this so now i really feel super <laughs> emotional no, let's do it even better okay yeah why don't we why don't we start things off with a place yeah. we're all familiar with our three favorite questions to ask. So Dylan, get things going. What's, what's your background in music when, uh, what, what was it that like started it all for you? 
when you first started listening to shit, first started getting into music, was it like a specific album? Was it like a family member, older sibling, or yeah, you just stumbled across some album that was just like, whoa. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a half sister named Chloe and she's 11 years older than me. Shout out and Chloe. Yeah. Shout out Chloe. Um, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas and uh, growing up there, you know, I'd go, go hang out with my big sister. I thought she was the coolest. Uh, she had a laptop and she had a LimeWire. And so Damn. she could, you know, download that any ass. song and she showed me how to use it when I was a wee, a wee kid. And so that's kind of what first exposed me to like picking my own music. I picked like stupid songs. Like I thought that comedy songs were the best songs that existed at that time. Cause I was like four. It's like Weird Al. There's this yes. one song called Dish Heads by like the Laughing Giants or something. Um, I think that was my favorite song then, but you know, a couple years later I got an iPod and she loaded up with music. And so I guess that's where it started. And so, you know, she picked one of the first songs I listened to. So like Justin Timberlake, Missy Elliott, <laughs> you know, Sierra, Hell these yes. were some of the first artists I really heard. And it wasn't like, you know, until a few years. And then, then, you know, every time I got an iPod gift card, iTunes gift card, I could like go, go buy 10 bucks worth of Green Day. And then, you know, I would kind of grow my own collection from there. Um, and you had to be, if you only had, you know, $10 worth of songs to yeah. choose from, it had to be songs that you were really interested in and or, I mean, what, that's, it was 99 cents per pop. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you got 10 picks and I think they might've taxed them as well. So like. You spend 107 on each and then you're screwed. You only get nine songs. But yeah, I think first album I ever bought, there were like a few. I don't know which came first, but From Under the Cork Tree by Fall Out Boy. Yes. This one song might be, I don't know, It's 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 got like a white album cover with a, a person in a white long coat on, on the cover and it's by Chevelle. And it's kind of like a, kind of like a new metal vibe, but like kind of radio new metal and then of course like the classic now that's what you call music cd and then uh the black eyed peas cd with the elephant 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 yeah. yeah it has been discussed previously as a lot of people's like jumping off <laughs> that's how you know like that's how you can date everyone that's on this podcast yeah is by yeah if you were if you're currently like around 25 25 <laughs> yeah yeah that might have been your first album but yeah that was that was kind of the start for me i tried to play guitar when i was little and it didn't last very long I had like a full size guitar and I like hated practicing. I had little first grader hands. So I quit that. I picked up drums in middle school and stopped playing. And then more recently, like I started producing music a bit and I would make hip hop beats mostly. Now I just kind of play guitar a bit and I prefer recording guitar and stuff uh, to like electronic composition or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I listen to music all the time. And yeah, that would. So you produce, you got in, you, you just subtly dropped like, eh, I just got into some production and. Was it just solely for fun or were you ever like getting paid to produce anything for anyone or like you'd make something and then someone would buy the beat off of you? I kind of just did it for fun. I, I liked electronic, like I've been into every genre of music at one time or another, right? I think rock, I've most consistently been, been into rock. Like when I was younger, the first time I tried to learn guitar, I wanted to play ACDC and probably same whenever I was playing drums. In high school, I, I got into rap and electronic music. It's kind of party music. And so I feel like it's just kind of, you know it fit with the times uh and so that's what i wanted to produce music first and i was into into playing like pr producing edm stuff so I, I learned to produce a little bit by trying to make edm songs uh just like as, as by myself and then when i was in college i met a bunch of, of, of peers that um that were like soundcloud rapper type guys and some of them were pretty good so it was fun to fun to produce for them i never really never really made any money off of uh off of beats or placements. Off of your friends. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm not going to go charge uh, my buddy Matt, you know, 150 bucks to make a beat with him in college. Like we're both just having fun. Yeah. So 
What what school did you go to? What school did you go to? Yeah, I went to Seattle University uh, in Seattle, Washington. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. I went to Seattle in high school in the summer, and I, I just said, like, I want to move here. Um, so I applied to a bunch of schools there, and that's where I ended up. And, you know, I've left you already because it turns out the winter sucks there. But uh, <laughs> it's not you live and you learn. You tore up Cap Hill. You know it. Yeah, absolutely, man. When I first, when I moved out there right after, um, like, soon after graduating college, I went out and trained at this baseball facility out in Seattle. and. Ended up living in First Hill, right by all the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so, could always, like, it was just, like, a short walk over to the Seattle U campus. Mm-hmm. But not that I was ever, like, hanging out on their campus Trying or anything. But no, just, just door dashing, actually. Picking up their food and making sure not to eat any of their french fries. <laughs> it's a nice campus. Um, it's really nice. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you probably had to listen to a lot of ambulances and stuff living in First Hill. Yeah. Yeah, we, exactly. we had fire trucks by us where we lived. Uh, yeah, that was another thing. But hey, yeah, only good memories, honestly. So the other qu- the other question I have is, grew up in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. went to school in Seattle, and then now live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Fort Worth, would you say that influenced your music taste or selection at all? Because I feel like there's obviously going to be a little bit more of like a country influence or like southern influence. Yeah, I mean, we never really talked about that, like the fact that where we are from. Not that San Diego has, you know, way too much. Yeah, um, yes, we do. We have the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Blink One Eighty Two. So, yeah. hold your horses there. Truth, sure. Um, no, yeah, good question. I mean, when I lived in Texas, I didn't really like those in the country. It's not the genre that I can keep on. If it's hot and I have a beer and I'm by a pool, it's great. Like, bring it on, mm-hmm. play country. But it wasn't my favorite type of music. And, you know, I, I, I knew I wanted to leave Texas. Like, I, I didn't feel, like, too politically aligned with my classmates in high school. And then the thing is, like, when I went to Seattle U, I sort of felt the same way. Uh, like, I was like, okay, yeah, these people have the same opinions as me for the most part. But, like, I kind of just went to, you know, from one extreme to the other, you know, uh, from, like, a yeah. small private school in Fort Worth, Texas, to private school in Seattle, Washington, and Cap Hill. Um, but I think, you know, SF's a good, happy medium. But yeah, like regarding music, if if anything, I think it probably inf- influenced my music. Like by me not liking country and sort of not like feeling like I'm in my final home or like a place that's like the right place for me. It kind of, you know, maybe influenced me to get into like angstier music or punk music. Because yeah. I definitely listened to that for a long time. Was it a phase? I don't know. Maybe. Because there are a lot of albums that I used to listen to in high school that I, I wouldn't now. But like there's some that during that phase are still just like, you know, I'll listen to him any day. So, uh, yeah, like in particular, Deftones is, is probably like my favorite hardcore band ever. Dia de los Deftones. Yeah, man. I was going to, I was going to pick White Pony for this, but then I figured I would pick something else. I don't know why it just seemed like too, too easy for me, you know, cause that's like been, I don't know. I don't know. You know, to, for me, like that album. I listened to it so many times that I like in my head, I'm like, surely someone else has already picked it or like will pick it, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I know I have a friend who really likes Deftones, uh, but I've never, never ventured into listening to their stuff. I think I've just seen like a Deftones sticker on his water bottle. Dang. So many times. Yeah. I'm just like, I've never listened to him before either. Well, I might've messed up. Hey, there's always coming hey, back. If, there's always I, next time. What's uh? Yeah, if this if this one breaks the engagement record, yeah. I'll come back for uh, for a second episode and we can do Deftones. Hell yeah. It'll be twice as long, too. I mean, hey, if we get over, what, 10 streams, then that'll... 10,000 streams? Yeah. Dude, I'll send this 10, to my 10, sister 10, and she'll, she'll play it like 20 times on repeat and then there we go. That's all we need. That's all we really ask for. Oh, yeah. Speaking of your sister, though, one thing I did want to touch on, which I thought was really cool, was when you said that she just like loaded up your iPod. 
with music songs, like music songs. Music songs. <laughs> she put a bunch of music. Songs. I love those music songs. iTunes music songs Sports onto your ball. iPod. I, that seems like such a cool thing, especially for like a sibling. Because like I, I was the youngest. Dylan's also the youngest, and like, mm-hmm. is, is she your only sibling? I've got two half sisters um, from different sides of my family, but both older? she's the only. Yeah, both older, and she's the only one that lived in in Fort Worth. Okay. Uh, my other sister was living in Ohio yeah. for the most part when I was growing up. So. Uh, you know, by a matter of circumstance, like, you know, uh, my sister forward definitely is the one that had influence on my music choice. Yeah. But yeah, like what a, what a cool way to connect with like a younger sibling and also what a cool thing. Like that's a, that's a quite the, you know, influential bit piece you can have on their lives. Like if you, if they end up becoming someone who's super into music, like she was the one who started everything off for you. So, Pretty true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember there's this mix of songs, uh, like, I don't know, it may have been like a, power hour or something i think it was a power hour now that i think about <laughs> summer it summer jams but, 05 mixtape yeah but it had just like a mix like a rock of ages almost kind of thing mm-hmm. where there's every every type of song like uh you know give it to me baby aha, aha. offspring little sound bit that's in there like video killed the radio store and then like you know the current music that was like popping or whatever but yeah like i remember being like what the heck is like what the heck is this yeah to have those like all those songs right you don't know any songs whenever you're first listening to music but i digress yeah yeah love my sister all right enough about the past fuck the past yep what are you listening to right now Mm. what's in your rotation uh yeah okay (laughs) um I'm listening to this band called Turnstile that our friend Tommy actually recommended I listen to. Um, they got a couple really good songs. Um, thought about picking that album as well because it's, it's kind of like a hardcore album, but then they have a few songs where it's just like very dreamy and kind of out of left field that you wouldn't expect from a hardcore band. So like, I thought that sort of, di- not diversity, but like, yeah, diversity of talent, I guess. It was, was pretty cool. I've been listening to, you know, I'm really honestly terrible with names of songs and feel artists to, as well. Feel free to pull up your so, Spotify if you need Dude, to. I will pull up the playlist. I'm the, going we on. were talking about that beforehand. Yeah. Like, saying, like, I'm so bad with names. And, like, I've never, I resonate so much with that. Like, dude, it's because I have extreme ADD on Spotify. And, like, <laughs> I will, I'll just make huge playlists and just keep them on repeat and not, not listen. Yeah. Um, but Cause I'm, what I'm, what, what I was going to say is what I'm finding out right now, what I'm realizing is, I'm very cyclical with my music and like right now I'm, I'm listening to a lot of the same shit I listened to last summer just because it's the summer again and mm, yeah, things just seem similar and I'm like, oh, I really like this song last year when it was warm and I was sweating when I was trying to sleep and you know, like, whatever the circumstances may be, somehow that's like the, the connector. I know exactly but, what you mean. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's valid. Yeah, I'm looking at my playlist here now. I just found this band called Mind's Eye. That's pretty good. They're kind of like an indie indie rock, spacey indie rock band. The drums, Deftones, like we were just talking about. Sonic Youth, My Bloody Valentine is on here. Got some Drake on here. Some Blood Orange. Yeah. Um, I love Blood band Orange. called Skin Shape. Blondie the Smiths. Band called Spice. This dude named Mickey Darling. I got three of his songs on here. So, you know. All over the place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, I, I've just been on Spotify for like two years, and probably two thirds of those have been recommended to me uh, by Spotify. Hmm. Like after using Spotify for two two months or so, it just like knew exactly what I liked, and I don't know how they do it, but they they I think they have like a full construction of my brain on a chip. I wish I could warehouse Spotify somewhere. Way they know. Than hmm? I did. Yeah, I was too. Apple Music yeah. for so long. Yeah, just because like all my shit was on iTunes, and I didn't feel like switching, and then. I knew, like, way before I even switched, I was like, I know Spotify's better. Like, right, right, right. It's, it's like, like just learning the new, like, learning how to navigate it and, you know, it, 
you always think that you want to believe that what you have is the best. Yeah. You switch and you're like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> there are parts of Apple Music that I do miss. Like the interface, I think was better because it's like an Apple thing. Like the mm-hmm. interface better be awesome. But yeah, overall, Spotify, you can't you can't beat the recommendations. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of my friends complain about the queuing and they, they, they like the play next versus play later features. Yeah, yeah. I do miss that. Yeah, that's good if you have like a party and you know like twelve people have queued songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When's it? I queued up a fucking song 20 minutes Where ago, is it, man? Why aren't you playing my song? Do you hate me? Yeah. And then the you have to go talk out. to him, and then you have to have a heart-to-heart and be like, look, honestly, like, I'm not the biggest fan, but I keep you around. Yeah. Because you keep, you know, you, you buy lots of alcohol, and, you know, we all have those you, pay for, you pay for Ubers, so. Jake, you're him to me. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> as long as it gets me invited, you know. <laughs> just kidding listeners there's always like one or two people at a party that are like incredibly impatient with music or like whoever's on ox and then they just always feel compelled to hop on ox or they feel like as if they're they're christening everyone else like (laughs) here let me just do everyone a favor just hand me hand me you're welcome i know you guys want to listen to my music yeah i feel like i i might feel that way if i like went to a park with some folks on a sunny day like everyone's just trying to vibe like I think I, I would feel pretty strongly that I could set the mood the best. But yeah, not a party. I'm not going to be the guy who takes over the ox. Not anymore. I wouldn't college, but because like I would just try to listen to the most like lit songs I could find. But now I don't want to do that. I don't think I want to hear the Smiths right now. <laughs> I mean, my, my but strong... if I played the Smiths, like if you played the Smiths at a party and people are bopping, like you see a girl dancing to the Smiths, like you got to go talk to her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's a keeper. Not to overreact, but uh, I'm going with me. <laughs> My strong suit, yeah, I, I was always shitty at parties. Like, if I was, because, like, a lot of, to a lot of friends, I was always, like, the music dude. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if I ever jumped on for parties, though, if it was, like, you know, <laughs> honestly, if it was, like, like a, like, a college frat party and they're, like, trying to, like, entertain, like, girls as well. Oh, my God, I would get kicked off so fucking quickly. <laughs> the shit that I would play is, like what the fuck is this? I'm like, you just listen to it, man. It's really fucking good. It's going to speak so like, to you. like kickbacks, like a chill kickback. Mm-hmm. That's my strong suit. But mm-hmm. a hype party? No. I am, yeah, I am I love- intimidated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the what was the OG song by Cardi B? Uh, Bodak in Yellow. Mm-hmm. I remember the first yeah. time I heard that. It was my buddy John was in my car and he played it. And I was like, like, what is this? And like, <laughs> you know, I was... I think I had seen it in maybe like some sort of video on Twitter or something like that. I was like, oh, like I've heard this, but I can't say I'm like really all that into it. And he's like, no, I, I'm telling you, like every time we throw this on at our frat, like the girls go fucking berserk. Like they love it. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, that's enough for me to just at least add it to my, my rotation of just like probably probably good to at least know this song. Yeah. Something we got to bring up since we're talking about Cardi B is, is how she stole the Grammy from. Was, was it Kendrick that she stole the Grammy from? Did she win? I think she won a Grammy for the album with Bodak Yellow on it when he dropped to Pimple Butterfly or like something like that. Jake's going to Google it for us. Googling in progress. I was going to say, did, no. was that deserved? I don't know. Cardi uh, B should never win anything when it comes to music. I'll tell I'm you what. Sorry, like, but I don't Bodak think Yellow she's good. Slaps. I just, I just heard some new song of hers that has Kanye in it, and I thought, like, look, this doesn't fit into my playlist right now, but this goes. Same thing. Same thing as Bodak Yellow. She's got her own show right now. I'm not sure if it's on like Apple TV or what it is. I just saw some clip on Twitter. It was of her and Meg the Stallion running like 40 yard dashes at like Chargers training camp. It was just fucking hilarious. Who won? <laughs> but also then like the horny police route because <laughs> they're like these wearing booty shorts. Thick and... women. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh, I clicked on the wrong thing. All right. As my computer fan starts 
firing off. I think it was for the hip hop album. All right. Well, Cardi's hijacking my interview. Can can we make this about me again? No. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. How about <laughs> we go hard, hard beat switch here? Yeah. From Cardi B to Nick Hakeem. Also Nick Hakeem. Do you also it's hot in here? I feel... It's kind of warm, right? I feel warm. Yeah. I had a sweat whenever I came I'm in. I'm going to go turn on my AC. All right, we back? We ready? It was... The temperature thing said it was 75 in the apartment. Oh, yeah. That's, Whoa. Get north of room temperature there. My back or was south. slick. So... And then apparently our little AC tempered wall mount thing takes batteries. So I had to replace the batteries on it, which is cool. So we're back. We'll be down to a cool 67 degrees in no time. But <laughs> yeah, shall we get back into it? Yeah. Yeah. We were just about to transition right into Are we gonna transition? the album at hand. Nick Hakeem, Will This Make Me Good, which I like the name of the album. Will this make I do like the name of the album. Will this make, will this make me, me good? good? Will it? I don't know. Did it make him good? We might have to answer that at the end of this. At the end of this, uh, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Good album, though. Good album, in my opinion. So yeah. here's here's the first question: What is your connection to the album? Um, so this is an album that I listened to um, when it came out. Like I had been a fan of Nick Hakeem before it came out because of his first album. I think his first album is called Green Twins. If it's not called uh-huh. Green Twins, there's a Green song something. off of it called Green Twins, and that song Green Twins, 2017. Yeah, that song. I've got, I've got Wikipedia. It's awesome. Me. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first song of Nick Hakeem's I heard. I thought my mom sent me the song. Like, I got, like I swear to God, I had a memory of her sending me the song and I listened to it and I was like, holy shit, this song's awesome. And like, it kind of resonated with me at the time. Like, What was like the vibe of his first album? Is it similar to this? It's similar. It... It's less trippy. This one is a little bit more trippy and glitchy and like dark. And so it's like kind of the same, but just like a little bit less trippy. Yeah, like a little smoother, maybe. That song Green Twins is like, there's just all these lines that kind of like related to me and like uh, a little, little heartbreak I was going through at the time. And it was just like a beautiful song too. But then I went back and I looked and like, my mom did not send that to me. I, I guess I just heard it thanks to Spotify recommending me good music. And then... I think I sent it to her when I heard it. I was like, this song's so good, and I think you might <laughs> like it. So uh, I listened to that album, liked it, saw this was coming out. I liked the singles that came out uh, off of this album before it came out. And yeah, it, it impressed me. Um, I've listened to it a lot of times. Maybe I haven't listened to it like a lot, a lot of times all the way through, but there are specific songs on this album. All These Instruments is one that I've listened to just like a ton of times. That's a, that's a personal favorite. That's definitely the one that I've played the most off this album. But I think there are probably like five or six so- songs off this album that... I have playlisted in many playlists. So when I was coming up with an album to pick, I, I was like I said, I was bouncing between a couple of things like, is this the one? Is this the one? And when I thought of this one, I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally the one I want to pick. What did you say in our text? You said it's a concept album. So like, experimental right. R&B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experimental, yeah, experimental R&B. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right genre to classify it as, but, you know, to give you a flavor for what it's going to sound like, I think that's how I'd, what I'd call it. Because his singing is like kind of soulful, soft, and then the album's definitely experimental. There's all these like glitchy sounds and you know weird electronic features to a lot of songs. His voice is very processed in a lot of songs, mm-hmm. or it, like it, it will be doubled. So he, he records a take twice and plays one in the left speaker, one in the right, and, like mm-hmm. takes the high end off his voice and like so you know he'll make some songs that are pretty simple and pretty smooth. But then he like does these things to him that just make it sound like not as organic as just like four four people playing playing a song. Yeah, that's actually one thing that I 
like wrote down and I was just like giving my overall take for this thing. And I was just like, I really enjoyed the like simpleness of a lot of these songs. It's like, it's very simple and like complex at the same time where it's like, it's, I mean, if you break it down, it's really just like his voice, maybe like, you know, a sim, a fairly simple bass line and some drums, but then like he layers on like yeah. all the different, like, yeah, like the different vocal melodies and then putting these effects on his voice and the instruments in it as well. I thought it was super cool. I, I really liked like that. That was kind of woven in throughout the entire album as a whole. But uh, one thing I want to ask: Does it does this like does the album bring up any like memories for you? Is it tied to anything in particular, or maybe not as much since it's something that you've listened to quite a bit? Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, it, I remember like the song "All These Instruments" specifically uh, is one that sort of reminds me of of being at my house in Seattle that I most recently lived at uh, is this yellow house. And like specifically reminds me of, of, of the summer uh, last summer. Like there is a period of time where I'd like wake up early, which I've never really done in my life, but I was waking up early kind of with the sun in Seattle and in the summer, you know, it's like five thirty six. doing that, having tea. And I would like, I would listen to this song and uh, it was just nice, you know, like, I was feeling really good and like I just had this peaceful little routine and really good circadian rhythm. Oh yeah. So so good, the best. Very healthy so, habits. This was one of my uh like chill warming up in a nice soothing way songs and to listen to in the morning. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I there's nothing more relatable or more enjoyable than waking up at a decent hour, making yourself some breakfast, a cup of coffee, just kinda like getting right into the start of your day versus, you know, like alarm goes off you have 20 minutes to get you know ready for something to go somewhere yeah and that was one of those periods in my life where it felt like everything was like sort of just like building off of each other i'm like i'm gonna do this constructive thing and like just start waking up early like oh you know coffee's making me shit too much how about i switch it to tea <laughs> you just make those types of decisions over and over again and next thing you know like things are going crazy well so uh that's what happened whenever i was listening to this song pretty soon next thing you know it's tea's not making me shit enough back to coffee <laughs> that's what happened right <laughs> We're very big proponents of a good circadian sure. rhythm and good gut health on this uh, show. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing either of those. My circadian rhythm is, is throwed off right now. Same. So. <laughs> the light is terrible. But I guess back to the album at hand. It's always nice to hear someone like, you know, reaffirm the things that you thought about something. And another thing that I did talk about that I really liked was um his like writing style is very interesting. It's very like you can tell he's going for like. It's not quite storytelling, but he, he is telling like these little stories in a sense of like he'll, he's, he's talking about, you know, something in particular, whether it's like maybe like Crumpy, which I really liked as well. Talking about like what, whatever city he was living in at the time was like changing him in a bad way, but mm. he finds like comfort in this person that he's with. And it's just, you know, it's he's not doing these like crazy drawn out stories Speaking of Benji by Sun Kill Moon, that's something that comes yeah. up or makes me think of it like this. Well, the way that guy writes is very almost like stream of consciousness. Mm. Um, and it's 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 controlled chaos almost. But this was very succinct and a lot of repetition in like the whatever like choruses he uses. And I liked it. I think that added to the whole like psychedelic, almost like ethereal you know, tone that the whole yeah. album has as a whole. Because I think just him is repeating over and over helps. Yeah, very ethereal and psychedelic. Um, I think one song, like the song Let It Out, I think that song is pretty cool. Um, but also like 
I'm really glad it's only a minute and like 50 seconds. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time it's just like, let it out, 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 let it out. <laughs> like, he's just saying let it out over and over again. Like, it's very repetitive. But it, like, it's like a transition song, you know, it's... It's good for what it is, I think. Uh, I mean, it's not the best song, right? It has its place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I wouldn't tell someone, like, that's not the song that I would playlist from this album. But, yeah. like, if you're listening to the whole album, it's like, oh, it's good, you know, whatever. I just yeah. remember listening to that song and thinking, like, yeah, there's really not much to this. I like it, but <laughs> it serves as a nice, like, transition song. Yeah, I think his lyrics are kind of in between. Like, you get the point of what he's, like, saying uh, on some of these songs for the most part. Like, he'll set the stage and then he'll say some poetic nonsense that, like, you know, you can take it for what it is. I think the last song is one where in particular, like, there's a clear meaning to a point. I took some notes. Let me see what I say. Who? 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 Yeah, right? Um, oh, the only note I wrote was a fucked up love song. But, you know, he's he's saying, like, he, he has this poetic thing where he's saying something like, you poured me the, the, the glass of wine from, like, the back of your head and it was, like, sweet wine or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Okay, it sounds like he's falling in love with someone. Like that with the next few lines, right? That's what it sounds like. And then he like he at the end of the song he says, like, I started using myself around you, I stopped abusing myself around you. And like I don't really get that. Like I don't you know, like we could try and figure out the meaning. Like I don't think there yeah. is a specific there it's not so straightforward, right? Uh I I took I it as like a good a, a relationship that benefits like both sides. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're both growing with each other, and what I what I wrote down was just opening up and treating yourself better. So like that mm-hmm. line that you brought up, the like pour you poured yourself me some wine from the back of your head. Like I just take that as yeah, just ex- like exposing yourself to somebody in a vulnerable way, and you know introducing them to something that you know maybe is kept back there that you won't yeah. talk to other people about. And when he says like I stopped abusing myself and stuff like right. that, like treating yourself better. And I think it's just ties into like, it's a result of this relationship and, and how they were both able to, to benefit from it. I see that. I think the thing, yeah, I stopped abusing myself around you. Like, obviously you want to stop doing that around someone in a relationship. Right. But I started using myself around you. Like that throws me for a loop. Cause like, I don't know if, if I've ever used myself and like, if, if I've ever used myself, like I would say, I, I don't know if, if I'm saying I use myself, I like. It doesn't have a good connotation to me, right? But maybe he just means he's like just being himself more, um, exp- you know, opening up around her. I don't know what he means, but I think that that's like one of the interesting things that's like repeated on this album is he's got a lot of songs where, you know, like he'll set the scene. I'm not sure if it's crumpy, but there's one where he says like, these streets are the veins of this machine we keep running. And I'm like, <laughs> like just talking about like, you know, Basically, say so he's saying the streets are this, this, uh, you know, like what the veins of society or something, and it's not so related to the the rest of the lyrics. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about you know a relationship or something that's happening in a relationship. But uh, I like the how he kind of mixes it up with like here's some storytelling, and then here's just some like scene setting or something, you know, something atmospheric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just artistic shit. What were uh, or- some of your favorite songs, uh, you guys? If this was your first listen, I'm curious. You wanna- you haven't, you haven't. So my, I know, I know. My, my, fa- my favorite song is all these instruments, and Dylan, you already mentioned that it's earlier. So it's so good. <laughs> but, but it's interesting. My, 
the reason why I think it was my favorite was that the lyrics were the most clear, just in terms of like being like the sound quality. I could actually hear what was being said because when you you mentioned earlier how it's like multiple tracks like over one another with this voice, and so there were times where it just like it sounds very like almost not not muted, but it, it was just like almost harder to hear what was being said, and so then naturally, kind of like what we talked about, Jake on the. Uh, Tame Impala album we went over with Darren where sometimes it just like tunes out the lyrics and so then I don't really end up listening to what's being said or able to listen all that thoroughly to what's being said and so then it just becomes like sounds at times Mm -hmm. and that was the one where it just felt like I could kind of act like where I was actually listening to the song enjoying it and then also hearing the fact that like you know, baby girl, I'll protect you till my last hour. All these instruments around hold strange powers. Like I could envision who he's singing that to versus just like being this sound in my head, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. One thing about that album too, like, you know, I think this made me listen to this album like more thoughtfully than I had before. Right. So the way I'd like, you know, that's the sixth song of the album. The first is really sort of an intro track. The second one it's WTMMG. It's the title track. Um, uh, Will this yeah. make me good? Will this make me good? Yeah. I thought that, I think that song's awesome. It's got like some knocky kind of lo-fi drums like in sync with the guitar. And then his voice is like, he's got a lot of vocal layers that are recorded and like some have distortion. It's very warm. And it's just kind of like an intoxicating song. Like, and then the next one bouncing also like makes you feel high. And then like, let it out is like, if, if you got high, like, you're just fucking catching up with you. And then like Kadir and then it's like more sobering and all these instruments is like super sobering and just clean and peaceful. So I like, maybe that's what I'm just a clean and peaceful guy. Yeah. It's good contrast there. You really are. That's actually how I usually describe you. Clean and peaceful. Such a sweet, sweet kid. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, Yeah. Some of my, show this kid all these instruments. He'll he'll like that. He's a clean and peaceful guy. (laughs) My favorites off the album were uh, all these changes, bouncing, Adir, Vincent, Tyler, and Crumpy. Mm-hmm. I think Vincent Tyler might have been, like, musically maybe my favorite, just because I really love the intro. I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, but that's just one of the, like, things I wrote down. I really like the bass line and, like, the synths that came in. It's a really sad story when, like, I, I looked into it, mm. um, and it really is, like, because it talks about, like, we thought we heard these gunshots, and then someone comes home and they're like, there's a dead person outside and they like poked it oh to like, see if he was dead. And it's, it's about this dude who got shot and killed like right outside of his like grandma's place in like DC, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm I, having, I did I'm... not dive into the lyrics of that one before. <laughs> and that's actually a song where like I was listening through like pretty closely. Right. And a lot of the times I don't even pay attention to lyrics for yeah. the first few times listening to something, but that was one where, I hadn't really heard it or like, I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell if you were like, Hey, is Vincent Tyler on that Nick Hakeem album? I'd be like, I've never heard of that song. <laughs> um, but like I noted, I was like, yo, this song's good. Why have I not, you know, saved this or like hearted it before it's like real electronic and smooth. Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about it too. If I remember correctly, there's some sort of like, maybe like a screaming or a, like a hum. No. Cause I, I remember song. listening to Vincent Tyler and being like, I think this is my least favorite song. Cause something with the vocals, <laughs> Almost like felt like it ran on too long, but I'm having deja vu right now. It's when we had Harry on, mm. and whatever my least favorite song from Care for Me, prom, w- w- Care for Me, and then I think my favorite, least favorite song was Prom King. 
And then come to find out it's like a very, very like influential, pivotal song. If you listen to the <laughs> lyrics, like super deep and meaningful. And then yet here I am like, yeah, I didn't like Vincent Tyler because I remember just being like, ick, not a fan of those vocals. Like, you know, whatever the chorus was. Yeah. Yeah. He uses a lot of weird sounds all around this album. Like on Bouncing, it might be Bouncing you're thinking of because like one of the main features of like the instrumental like, is just like this sound. It's like, it honestly sounds like someone is just like putting feedback through some sort of mm-hmm. effect and twisting a knob and it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, just like that is you know, song. I, I looked up a bit too because, like, I was because for all of these, like, especially for the reason that you talked about, Dylan, like, I couldn't, you know, discern everything that he was mm-hmm. saying. And pretty much for mm-hmm. every single one of these episodes, I will read along with the lyrics just because if I don't, I just will get super distracted and not really be able to have any sort of take on these songs. Right. But for this one, and it ties into the music video, which I don't know if you guys watched it by any chance, but no. the um, directed by this guy, Nelson Nance, and saying how the video asks the viewer to question our drive to find spectacles and how the pursuit of such can lead to becoming a spectacle. And it was a really cool music video because it's just like, it's like this, it starts off with these like frontal shots of these group of people and they have these like puzzled looks on their face, almost like they're staring at art. But they're just all looking at this one person who has this like crazy mask on. And the person just starts dancing around and then it's just all of them with their phones out recording. And it was a really interesting like concept for a music video. And I thought it was pretty cool how it's like, yeah, like one of the things I hate nowadays is how everything just gets filmed. And people like are very quick to just like pull out something like pull out their phone to film something. It's like, well, I mean, are you actually going to watch it? One thing and two, like everyone, people love like to you know, maybe have something to like post and like, right. like have something to blow up with. But right. Right. Yeah. I think that is interesting. Like it's an interesting concept too. the, like, if you seek out spectacles, you risk becoming a spectacle. I mean, I feel like that's so true. Like if like the thing that makes me think of that is like going out and partying or like, you know, drinking and like doing drugs at night and stuff. Like, you know, to me, this is an album. Like, I don't know much about Nick Hakeem, but like, to me, it just sounds like kind of drugged up at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something that I fear. It's like, if I'm going out, I don't want to be the guy who gets too drunk and makes an ass out of himself. You know, uh, I've got a couple friends who won't be named to like have a, you know, like do it more often than not. Or like, you know, we know like, I don't know, like I, I just know they might make a scene and it's like, I don't want to do that. But then when you talk about the phones, like, how what does he mean? You know, does he think that like, well... The, the people on the phones are the spectacle. He goes on to say, there's nothing inherently wrong with viewing or being a spectacle, but I think it's healthy to question if our energy is being put in the right place when interacting with that thing. So it's like, I don't, yeah, he's, he's not saying it's like a bad thing to do, but yeah, when it's like something you obsess over, I think mm. that's the, the bad thing itself. So it's not like you're not a bad person for doing it, but I think it's like the reasons behind it that are important too. But what I was going to get at, though, because you were talking about, like, the weird, creepy ending to it. Mm. There was, he, I think he did it on purpose because he, Nick, um, Nick Hakim was saying how the song was about, like, this, like, uneasiness. He wrote it on, like, one of the coldest days of the year when he was just, like, watching, like, life outside of his apartment. And the album is, uh, that song is about, like, that feeling. And I think what he does, like, in the end with the weird ass, like, voices like having like read that i was like holy shit like he really hit the nail on the head it's almost like a um 
like a horror soundtrack or something like mm. that, how they use those sounds that just make you feel creepy because he has these yeah. like violins and the weird effects on the voice. It's just like, all right, I don't think I'm scared. No, yeah, there's definitely a feeling of uneasiness in, in that song. Yeah. Uh, reading a review by Pitchfork, not that I want to steal anything from them, but this is a quote from him where I guess when he released the album, he confessed that, quote, you're still trying to figure this record out. People have told me that it's confusing or it's messy. That's fine. <laughs> but, and then I, I'm reading that thinking like, oh, maybe I'm one of those people who like, I just don't get it, man. I, just, I don't know. No, like I, I don't like, I don't get music honestly anymore. Like I, in, in high school, like I would listen to some angsty album and I would read all the lyrics and I would try to like understand what they meant by like every line. Like, like I don't do that anymore. Like. Yeah, or you'd like try to like sick. draw some sort of the, really yeah the music sounds great on like most of the songs in my opinion i'm gonna listen to it that's good <laughs> yeah that is, i believe in the binary good. scale with music ones and zeros man this yeah. is a one good criteria yeah <laughs> it's how it makes you feel man yeah <laughs> i'd say for the most part like i like appreciate the quality and like creativeness of everything that's going on and then like my one gripe i just feel like an old man for being like Oh, I can't understand half of what he's saying, you know? <laughs> but I think that it's a song by song thing for me, right? Like there are a few songs where maybe I, I get them, but I get them in my own way, right? Like I've listened to them enough uh -huh. to know some of the lyrics. I've heard some of the lyrics. I've kind of like adapted and applied them my own way or whatever. Um, but just a few. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. That was some insightful Well, this makes me good. So Moving what do on. you guys think? Moving on. Did that make Nick Hakim good in your book? I think it did. You know, right. and didn't I've never even heard of the guy before. And uh Yeah, piqued piqued my interest. Yeah. Hearing your explanation or yeah, uh description of experimental R and B, I was like, okay. And after the first song, you know, what I wrote down for the first song is intense song to start the album with, excited to see what's to come, because he talks about just like <laughs> how we're killing the fucking planet and we're all gonna die and we're gonna have to <laughs> turn into fish if we want to survive the rising sea levels and shit. I was like, okay. He's <laughs> going uh, right. He's tell right. me how you really feel. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I liked it overall. I thought it was a great album. I'm, I'm a fan. Nick yeah. Akeem. I'm going to check out his first one. Yeah, def definitely listen to the song Green Twins. Um, it's got some other cool songs on there. I think, you know, uh, it's a good album in its own right, but that song Green Twins, it's like the it's the equivalent to all these instruments off that album for me. So Dylan, you, really? you might like that one a lot. What, um, I'm curious how, how popular is Nick Hakeem just in like the grand scheme? Like, Based on I don't Spotify. Think he's hugely popular, but he's definitely become more popular. Uh, 354,000 streams, monthly listeners. I mean, but he's got a bunch of songs that are like, like all of his most popular songs are all over 5 million streams. So, yeah, you know, he's he's definitely got some popularity. He's probably growing for sure. It, yeah, and it, it looks like his Green Twins album has the most like you know four of the top five songs uh, of his on Spotify are from that album, mm -hmm. and one's from his earlier project album mixtape. Yeah. Who knows whatever the hell he called it? Looks like uh, his second EP. Yeah, was his, was his most popular song. His most recent project is with a. Uh, it's with a jazz artist um maybe like a saxophonist or something and it's totally different than any of the other things he's done i don't really have an opinion on it i just know yeah that's the one small, small things. things by nick hakeem and who is that roy, Bo nathanson. roy nathanson yeah 
Yeah, sure. I just remember listening to it once and being like, hmm, you know, this isn't why I come to this store. But <laughs> Stop branching out. It's not like a it. judgment. It's just the statement. Yeah. Yeah. He had a remix with Bad, Bad, Not Good. Oh, my. Wait. I've heard this before. The Kadir remix? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bad, Bad, Not Kadir Good. Kadir got remixed by Bad, Bad, Not Good, who if no one's, if people listening haven't heard Bad, Bad, Not Good before and you like jazz, they're like a really good modern jazz group. Yeah, I think jazz flute. I think they're kind of a good comparable to Nick Akeem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck yeah. I totally remember hearing because that. I was like, Kadir, that's an interesting name. Yeah. If you guys were curious, Kadir means capable and powerful, and it's one of the 99 attributes of Allah in Islam. Oh, wow. I had no idea. You're welcome. Um, a little research yeah, Jake, for you. You've got a lot of notes here, Dylan. I'm sure you took some of your own notes as well, but I'm curious to hear, you know, like, are there any other things you'll notice uh, on any particular song here that you want to call out? I know. Let me see. I want to say Seeing Double. The drums on Seeing Double are what stood out to me. I don't know if that's something that anybody else, maybe I'm one of one for mentioning that. No, terrible take. But God's God's dirty work. Remember the start of that song just being like sex. <laughs> something about it was like just sexy. And then I was like, I looked at the, the song title and was like, I'm assuming this is going to be, if I can hear the lyrics on this one, God's dirty work maybe has something to do with sex, but uh, I'd have to actually read the lyrics right now in order to. I tried to figure out what it was about. Because I kind of tried to do that with every song. Like, what's 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 he getting at? And all I wrote down was not really sure what it's about. Very all over the place, but in a good way. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out just from the lyrics alone. Because um, I heard, I could that. hear him say "God's dirty work" multiple times, but I wasn't sure what he was like saying was doing God's dirty work. Mm. Right. No. This is. Was it? Yeah. This one confused me too. This one <laughs> I actually looked at the lyrics. This is the one where he says, "Concrete roads wait for me. That's They're the I'm veins in this machine we feed that will never sleep." Like, weird way to introduce, like, the song. And then it's, like, that's not relevant to the rest of the song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the TLDR of the lyrics for me here was, like, he's, like, down to buy her flowers, but that's it. Or maybe he's, but maybe he's down to do more. I don't know. I guess one thing I would want to mention, too, I really like the concept of what he talked about in Seeing Double. Because it's all about, like, two sides of a one person and, like, kind of breaking yourself down and then putting yourself back together and this whole idea that you need to or like you're fulfilling this idea of what's expected of you based on what you've done in your past. He talks about his family too, like the bloodline of his father or something like that. Like, yeah, are you doomed to repeat what's happened before and just his desire to to not, you know, necessarily fall into whatever like trap that is. I thought it was a really cool like concept that he talked about. Yeah, I just read the lyrics of that. I like that. It's cool. Yeah, song. that one is. I don't recall if it's easy to hear the lyrics, but <laughs> once you see the lyrics, it's very straightforward, <laughs> and that's like a good meaning. And I feel like that kind of deep meaning goes well with sort of the sound of of Nekakim. Yeah, because it's like his songs definitely lend yeah. itself to yeah being about deeper subjects. Yeah, not kind just of vast soundscapes. Got high and sat under a tree and. It was pretty outside. Yeah, I ate a bunch of chocolate bars. No, you thought about shit and, you know, <laughs> got deep. Be real with us. Be open. Well, yes. One uh, one last thing I remember coming across after after listening when just like first looking at the Wikipedia page there, one of the things that they mention are the influences, this long list of influences that he credits. 
And there's a lot of different like 70s funk, let's see, like Curtis Mayfield's in there. Mm. But then he mentions Bandana by Freddie Gibbs <laughs> from 2019, which I really like. And then Damn by Kendrick. So seeing those two names that like almost makes me want to go back and listen again and just like see if I can catch, you know, like any sort of influence or similarities there. Um, I wonder if he's, but otherwise, I wonder if he's influenced by Thundercat because I know that's I've never listened to way too much. No, it, it doesn't. They don't have Thundercat on here, but in in the song Drum Thing, the I remember the bass line gave me Thundercat vibes, mm. which I'm always down for. Mm. Yeah. The other thing I was going to add. It's just uh, seeing right now that he has a little NPR Tiny Desk concert. I heard it's and I'm, I'm curious to watch that and also watch, uh, I think there was what, like a Colors video with him. Like one of those where it's him. Yeah. I love like those. In the studio. And those, I think that's probably the next thing I'll do after this is watch that because I feel like a lot of times, like that's going to determine whether or not I really, really want to go back and listen because... I feel like a lot of times it's personality. Like personality is what I'm drawn to or like I can engage with. And so otherwise, like for me, sometimes just listening to albums with no like background or just like listening to it and trying to be as, you know, unbiased as possible. Like I, I almost prefer having a little bit of bias yeah. and just being like, he seems cool. I would hang out with well, him. Speaking of tiny, De- like tiny desk is what got me to really like, um, do a leap music. <laughs> yeah. That's what made me fall in love <laughs> with music. But, like, I had never really listened to Dua Lipa in the past. I knew her, like, huge pop songs where I was like, eh, like, is she, is this shit kind of overrated? And then, then you saw her and you were like, and I was no, like, oh, she's no, gorgeous. she's not overrated at all. <laughs> but no, her Tiny Desk concert is one of my favorites ever because, like, you can tell she's just having a good time with her band and that really elevated my like of her album Future Nostalgia. Mm. Uh, I think all pop stars should stream their studio sessions on Twitch and really let us judge them. Because, yeah. like, we know you can sing, and you should be able to sing, right? Like, how much did you write? That's what I want to know. There you go. You know, I found out Kelly Clarkson didn't write Since You've Been Gone. That was what? definitely on the iPod my sister loaded up for me. And oh. that that hurt. It's a Swedish man he, who wrote the song, and he's won, like, 20 Grammys as a ghostwriter for other pop stars. So, Do you know his name? No. It's, uh, yeah. No. There's like definitely a son in there somewhere. So, <laughs> odds who, who wrote that song by Carrie, uh, Carrie Underwood? I dug my key when he cheats because I want to know, I want to know who hurt, hurt them, who <laughs> hurt that Swedish fan that, that wrote that Carrie song. Underwood. Like, you see, I feel like country pop artists, are, in my mind, I don't assume they have ghostwriters like pop pop, but just imagine it's possible. The same Swedish, imagine guy. there's some sort of bot, <laughs> like, yeah, show him by digging your keys into his car. Yeah, yes. it's Google's deep mind AI, actually. <laughs> Um, you guys were talking about the Nick Hakeem Tiny Desk concert. Um, I will share with you the link to a live performance of Green Twins as well. There are two that it looks like I viewed before on YouTube, and one is really good. The reason I want to send that to you is I think his Tiny Desk concert, he's playing songs all off this album, yeah. or maybe a little off his new one, but it's just like a more recent I think a it's more recent one. This, hmm? If I remember correctly, I, all think it's all, of, I think it's all of this album. The album we discussed here, Will This Make Me Good? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean... Green Twins live slaps as well. So, you know, check it out. Yarg. One last question before we give a rating and wrap this thing up. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the ideal setting to listen to this album? Just the entire, not just, hey, I'm making my, my, I'm having my tea and enjoying my morning. 
not just one song. I need the whole album. What's the what's the ideal setting? Am I driving down the coast? What am I doing? Oof. Uh, I think a great setting for this could be if you were like taking a little solo vacation and you you went to like a cabin on like by the ocean in Oregon or something and it's like raining. That would be a pretty good setting. Um, at night, it's good to listen to. I love how specific at that night. was. In Oregon? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, uh, Seattle, you know, uh, Washington, Pacific Northwest. I, I mean, I'm thinking rain and like something dramatic like bluffs and water. Like, because it's dramatic, you yeah. know, Dude, maybe dark too. That's what popped into my head was like hammocking over like a, like a cliffside by the water, the ocean. Yeah, like... It's raining, but you like you got wet and you don't care, you know. <laughs> um, I think that with all the themes, this is a good song to listen to if you are feeling like down on something, um, but not in the, you know, it's not like an emo album where you just kind of whine along. It's like it asks you questions of yourself. So, you know, maybe if you're like down on something, but you're ready to move on, like this could be a good point, a, a good song to listen to if you want an inflection point. Um, yeah, you know. If you listen to the song with a joint, that uh, that could be advisable as well. Uh, just make sure it doesn't make you more sad, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a lot of places uh, where you might be able to listen to this. So, hopefully, one of those things is accessible to, to our listeners. <laughs> and if you're in a state that doesn't allow... Uh, allow marijuana. YouTube. Yeah, you just... Uh, then we definitely do not advise. What? Don't do that. Kratom. Never buy Kratom. Uh, enjoy, enjoy some Delta 8 in that case. Yeah, like Delta 8 or Delta 9 is like legal everywhere. <laughs> yeah, some of my friends in Texas are on the Delta Delta 8 cartridge grind. Um, Whoa. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know about it. Everyone's safer if we just legalize weed, man. Ugh. Not to get political, but... <laughs> Say that for another podcast. Yeah, if we keep talking about this, NPR is going to pick you guys up. So we got to change the subject. <laughs> the dream. What do we rate right. out of? Yeah, so we have our own rating scale. I have it pulled up here in front of us. Mm. So these ones up top. The positives. These are the positives. Bumps, slaps, bangs, goes hard, groovy, tight, the shit, lit, vibes, euphoric. And then the not so good, weak, trash, shit, I mid, whack, bogus, ass. Feel free to do any sort of combination you want. Or if none of these are tickling your fancy... Give us another one. It's a growing list. We always would love to have more adjectives because yeah, we can only get so descriptive. But yeah, uh, I think that we can totally achieve it through through this list. Uh, I would I would say definitely bumps, definitely bangs. It goes hard and it's groovy. Damn, and it's definitely euphoric. <laughs> and I think it's the shit. So. Um, Let's see. Check I mean, you know, uh, put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. Yeah. Regarding the the bad, uh, the negative. Uh, Doesn't have to. I, I mean, honestly, like my honest review is like there are some songs in here that I think are a little repetitive. Um, Bouncing is one of Jake's favorites. I like that song, but having listened to this album a bunch of times, it's six minutes, and like, you know, <laughs> if it was three minutes, it would be sick. But by minute six, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. You know, okay, okay, okay. One, one more new song, please. Um, so you know, in that regard, I think some of the songs are repetitive as an album. I don't think it's repetitive, I think that he mixes it up with all the songs. Um, yeah, man. Um, mostly I think it's really good. So here's here's my two worder mm-hmm. psychedelic ite, <laughs> psychedelic ite. All right, fair enough. I think, I think the psychedelic aspect, just knowing that 
uh, seeing all the descriptions of this being like psychedelic funk, and then that similarity that I mentioned with with, uh, with Tame Impala, what was the album? What was the album? What was the album? Lonerism. Lonerism, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of just just in terms of of like the heaviness that I was experiencing, like listening, and then just like the the feels, the mood, because I wasn't like attached to the actual lyrics or like able to digest the lyrics that much. I just got very into the sound and the psychedelic nature, mm-hmm. but. My gripe, my gripe, and the reason why I say I is just because I think I want to like attach and like be a little bit more connected to the lyrics. Yeah, to truly, truly swallow this all. Uh, I think it could have used another song or two, like uh, all these instruments, where it's like acoustic and and Thank really you. chill. Because Thank you. Some, like that same song I'm talking about, bouncing, where it has that part. It's like like that song actually kind of <laughs> gives me a sense of anxiety when I'm listening to it, and like. That's fine. I don't mind if a song does that, but like you got to give me something to put me back to equilibrium out, right man. afterwards, you know. Um, so maybe like it's missing a sense of balance uh, that you're you're picking up on. Yeah, I uh, I would give it. It's a I want to want to do a little combination of trippy and smooth. I think it's a smooth trip. It's trippy, man. It's it a is. smooth trip. I really like this album overall i really don't have like the negatives that i have about it there's like you know there's a couple songs i wasn't juiced on but overall right. like i really liked the like you know out there-ness of it it had that like it factor that mm. is hard to make tangible but it's just you know it's very unique and it's just, it definitely you know got it has its own sound and vibe to it well that's that's great. If you like it so much, you two can listen to it together okay. once we hop off of this recording. We just might. I might just put Green Twins on really loud, uh, so loud <laughs> that we wake up Jake's roommate in the other room. We're in for a long night. No, we, we all know Randy, that, friend of the show. Has Randy been on? Yeah. Did not he do for, an album? Not for a while. He hasn't been on the music one. <laughs> we got to bring him back for music, maybe. No. Maybe we will. Maybe we will have to. Randy doesn't do music. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, you know Randy as well. Yeah. Did you guys all go we to middle school? Nice. That's where we all know each other. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Well, sweet. This was fun, y'all. This is, uh, <sighs> We've come to our natural end. Yeah, this has been... so. This isn't something I have not done in a long time. Like as, like I said, I... Talk. <laughs> yeah, no, not to anyone. Talk with a me. camera and a microphone in front of you, yeah. No, really. Um, but just to like, talk, like, this forced me to really, like, actually deeply listen to an album. Like I took a class on music in college where they like gave us this framework for listening to music. Then it was way too like hard. I was like, dude, it's supposed to be about? just enjoy. But, like, of course, you know, like there are so many dimensions you can like, you know, okay, you can like decide to focus on the tempo, the lyrics, this, you know, sounds like how is it mixed? What instruments is so much, but you know, this kind of got me thinking a little bit like that again. Uh, it was good to do. It was fun, fun exercise. Dust so. off the cobwebs. Yeah, exactly. Make sure my brain still works. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it does kind of. So. Well, thanks for thanks for giving us a good album to listen to. Sure, it's always something yeah, you know. You. We never know it's what it's gonna what's gonna get spit out at us, and we haven't had a bad album yet, or an album that I haven't more enjoyed than not like, yet. Mm. Yeah, and for the most part, I'm always intrigued because I think that's one of the things that I would be like concerned about. With I guess going back to like some of the friends that I choose not to to reach out to just knowing like maybe how close-minded they are with their music selection or whatever. And that's one of the things with, with these suggestions is it's like, I, even if I've never heard of it or, you know, whatever, I'm usually optimistic just in the sense of like, 
if someone feels strongly enough to want to come on a vibrant incredibly popular mm-hmm. podcast and talk to the masses about put themselves this out album, like then it's probably pretty good yeah. hell yeah yeah oh, speaking of which i found your podcast on spotify there you go i like the back pocket album cover thank you designed by dylan himself it's just like an album that is pretty sick that someone's kind of Someone kind of slandered earlier in the show, right? Oh, I didn't. I just slandered well, in the sense of if you're just not really into That's music. if you say the best part of the album is swimming pools because they talk about boozing. It is a good album. But if you like Booze. it, it's because it's about drinking. It's one of them. Speaking of liking. It's amazing. If you like this episode, if you like what you've been hearing, if you like, how about you like and subscribe? Let's just cut to the chase. Like and subscribe. Share. Share. Parents, listen to this wherever you get your podcast. Hell yeah. yeah. Spotify? Are you a Spotify cat? I'm Are you a an Spotify Apple guy? iTunes? What about you? All right. I'm a Spotify guy. Throw it around. I'd say... Throw it up on those socials. Spread the news. Yeah. Spread, spread the gospel that is Back Pocket Podcast. Oh, yeah. Slip, put us into TikTok's coming soon. Yeah. Be on the lookout for the TikTok. <laughs> be on the lookout for the Instagram page. Uh, we're going to get onto Twitter. We're going to get onto Facebook. We're going to get onto LinkedIn. We're going to make a YouTube page. We're going to start vlogging. We're going to start sharing. LinkedIn might be the move. Yeah, probably. We're making the most sense based on how much growth we're seeing. So, Dylan, once again, put her there. Oh, Thanks yeah. for coming Thank on, you, man. Thank you, Dylan, for coming on. Thank you for having guest. me, guys. Thanks for, uh, Thanks for listening to America. Thank you, America. Hey, we're, we're, world. we're global. Thank you, world. We have listeners in Singapore. Thanks, Earth. Potentially. Shout out Singapore. Ayo. Estonia. Singapore. All right. Well, regardless of where you are in the world, in the Western time zone, it's to, almost Dylan 11 trying to cut us off. Which means... Dylan trying to stop the party and end the fun. Okay. Mm, good night. <laughs> Talk to you later. Stay safe out there, kids. It's going to be a hot one. Later.